All good. Hello, everybody. I'm Ethan Hosso, and this week... <laughs> you are not, actually. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to be. This oh, is great. Ethan, Jared, your voice has gotten really tinny and, like, harsh on the ears. Oh. Ouch. That was more no, of a no, that's for Jared. M- yeah, yeah, that's because I was trying to I mean, be I you. know. That's why I'm like, ouch, for Jared. Mm. Oh, that that's why I want to be you, because you pity me. I don't <laughs> even pity myself. Are we doing a proper intro? All right, well. Welcome, everyone, to the Film Snobs podcast. I'm joined by Ricky Wickham, Jared Kaufenstein, Eric Peterson, Caleb Zier. We have a special guest. Andy Harding with us. Everybody, Ooh, welcome, Andy. Andy. A- Andy Harding, party kid chimp. Yeah, my goal is not to say a word on this whole podcast. <laughs> uh, fa- you already failed. Failed. Game over. That wasn't him. That was silence. <laughs> <laughs> well, we watched a movie called The Light Between Oceans. So I'll give a quick recap, and then we can each go around and share kind of what we're thinking, or maybe feeling is a better word to use this week. Um, so Light Between Notions is about a lonely war vet who takes a job as a lighthouse keeper, meets um, a young lady who becomes his wife, and a lot of tragedy happens in their life, and then they rescue a baby from a rowboat. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll leave it there. Oh, I don't want to get into... Uh, any spoilers quite yet, but we can just go around and yeah, everyone can just give your first initial thoughts. Ricky, we'll start with you. Guys, <laughs> don't make bad decisions. Oh. Shout out uh, Julian Casablancas. He's going to come on the podcast later, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> I doubt it. Anyway, Ricky, continue. Yeah, so we, uh, you know, one bad decision destroys a child's childhood and... Spoilies. <laughs> we we want to start over? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're Bleep right. that all out. We'll You're start. Right. Uh, anyways, yeah. Um, it's a sad one for sure, but uh, it was a great journey. Very beautiful. You know, uh, I'll just leave it there. Jared? Well, I got a couple shout outs to make first. Number one, shout out... Uh, Eric Peterson, because he's letting us host from his clubhouse yes, in the May you, in downtown Colorado Springs. We're in this sick, sick, sick clubhouse. <laughs> Outside, there's a hot tub. And you know what? It's not Is an that ocean. Six, six, six clubhouse? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was sick. S I C K. Sick clubhouse. But we're in a sick, sick clubhouse at the May downtown Colorado Springs coming at you 2021. Number two, this movie was directed by a Colorado boy, Derek Cian France. Derek, if you out Derek. there, shout out Derek. We want you on the pod. We're For some sure. Colorado boys. For we sure. respect your work. We need Derek on the Film Snob podcast. Pick whatever movie you want to watch. You made six grown men weep. We'll watch it with you. <laughs> I didn't weep. I shed one tear. I shed one tear. And now, um, anyways, Derek, I, I, I think um, he is one of the most unappreciated American directors working today. I think this is his best work personally mm. thus far in his short career. Um, it when, is, was, when was it made? It was made in 2016. 
He also made Blue Valentine, The Place Beyond the Pines, and recently with Mark Ruffalo, I Know This Much Is True on Ugh. HBO. Great miniseries. And we want him to get his full budget for the Western that he's trying to make. So whoever's out there, studios, executives, producers that I know are listening to this show and listen every week, <laughs> get Derek his 250 mil to make the best Western we've ever seen. 250 mil for a Western. 400 mil, let's go. Well, he's not asking for that, but they should give it to him is what I'm saying. <laughs> It's because a, it would be the best. It's a gritty origin story of Woody from Toy Story. It is not ah, that. It I'd is watch not that. I'm down with that. Let's totally go watch that. Oh, I would. I would. Uh, does Buzz come? No. Okay. Um, but I will um, not talk much about the plot or anything, but I think this is one of the top couple most underrated movies of the decade. Mm. I think mm-hmm. it, yeah, puts your heart through the ringer. I feel like I actually called my doctor after this, and he said, yeah, you're going <laughs> to need a new heart. <laughs> It's been through too much, and that was just two hours and 20 minutes. Um, so, yeah, Derek, we love this movie. Come on yeah. the pod. This is one of the most underrated works of the decade, and we want to give it the love it deserves. Right. Yeah, I would I, – I mean, I'll keep it short. I, I think it's been said. My uh, emotions were going up and down, left and right. Um, I think that there were definitely a couple of points in the movie when I would just – very loudly exhale and <laughs> curse Ethan for choosing this movie. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and just yeah, oh man, what a roller coaster of emotion. But I think it was. I think it also balanced this beauty. Um, there were a lot of really beautiful shots in this film uh, that I enjoyed, and um, yeah, I just I just think that it was uh, it was it was very near perfect. I, I loved it. Hmm. I loved it a lot. Caleb. Yeah. Caleb. This has been a while since I've seen a movie that moved me and put, yeah, my heart through the ringer, as you said, Jared. It's just ups. Sorry. Was it a heart? I couldn't hear any of that. Oh, is that like you trying to be Caleb's heart? That was like the heart. Yeah. Um, But I couldn't hear what I did. Yeah, Caleb's heart. (laughs) He's got a popping heart. Yeah. I I don't know how many times I said my little heart can't take this no more. But Andy counted. What was it, Andy? Four? Four right. times. Four times. That's why Andy's here. <laughs> my my poor, poor, dumb little heart it was just like, oh, broken in two, put to get back together, mm-hmm. only be broken again. Um, beautiful. Like, you can't pick a more beautiful place. If you, they shot it in Tasmania, part of it, and it's like, this Tasmania? is Tasmania? Yeah, the house of the devil. That explains, uh, there were a couple of people who had Australian accents in this mm-hmm. film. Yep. The dad and then the uh, the sea, the the guy who kept bringing the supplies. I mean, like all of them, beard. actually. A beautiful love story. You, the chemistry between Fassbender and Vikander uh, was beautiful, very believable. Um, insane that it was the budget was twenty million dollars and it only made twenty five million. million. Wow! It only well, made five million dollars. I've I, lost all faith in the movie going public. It's I insane. had not heard of this film though. <sighs> I think that I mean I don't know. Maybe that speaks to how it only you know made a five million dollar profit. But I had never heard of this film. Mm. Yeah, beautiful movie. Ethan, thank you for choosing it. Yeah, thank you. Anytime. Andy? Andy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is not your yeah, rap yeah. debut, so just... Doing my, you, doing my, doing my... What? what did do you, my look. <laughs> what did you think of the movie? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, happy to be on the pod. As Ethan said, this is my first time. Welcome, welcome Andy. Welcome, welcome, so, welcome. welcome. Yeah. Um, Snobby snaps. Snobby snaps. Thank, Thank you. My initial thoughts. So I uh, refuse to look up anything in advance. This is my 800th review on Letterboxd, so it's oh. a big day. Good for you, Shout Andy. Yeah, you. Big day. More wow. Snappies for Andy. Big day. Yeah. Um, so 
flight between the oceans. You know, I thought this was about Atlantis going in. I was a little confused. <laughs> that makes sense. But uh, oh, wow, opening wow. shots, I mean, all of, as everyone has said, stunning. Beautiful cinematography. Mm-hmm. I want to shout out to just the, the sound in it. I felt it from it, the opening mm-hmm. in a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. That wind. The sound and the visuals, I feel like, went together throughout. And that, obviously, in a lot of film makes a lot of the moments. Yeah. Like the sound appreciate. behind it, too. Yeah. Um, making Friends. your heart feel three sizes too small, as obviously Caleb's is. Mm. So <laughs> some of us have moderate-sized hearts or even large-sized hearts, so we're okay. Yeah. We made it through all right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I thought at one point through, I'm like, man, this film has layers, like mm-hmm. layers of grief, layers of relationship, um, mm-hmm. and then just, yeah, layers of moral dilemma. As soon as you feel like you figured out like who it's so about, much. even who's the light between the ocean, I'm like, that can be multiple mm-hmm. characters, right. even in the film. Or it could be the sun. So, that's my initial <laughs> thought. <laughs> it wasn't well, the sun. Or maybe like Atlantis, the literal lighthouse the that was between two oceans. Cool. That wasn't it. It's all, it's all symbolism for deeper stuff. Metaphor. Thanks, Andy. I was reading that the director had um, the Candor and Fassbender actually live together for six weeks no. before they started filming. Probably with the kid, right? They're still together. Are right? they? I think I they're think still they together. No, which if they're married. married. They're yeah. married now. Okay. I'm really, I'm rooting for both of you. I That's a too. great love story. I was gonna make a comment on uh-huh. their age difference because sure. from from the get, it feels like, and and I'll, I'll clarify this, but from the get, <laughs> it it feels like <laughs> Fassbender is in his early fifties and she's in her mid to late twenties, but she's actually thirty four and he is. Or in his forties. At, at the time, I don't film, stalk him, so I, I don't know. His was, exact at the time age. of so, filming, she was twenty-five. Right. Well, there. Well, he, he was born in seventy-seven. She was born in eighty-eight. So there's not that much of an age difference between the two of them. That's. A I big thought one. there was. I thought there was way more. Way more. That's the one-one. The eleven years for all, all you snobbies I mean, out there doing math. To me, oh. it's still a lot. But yeah, it's a lot. But and 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 I have a problem sometimes when they put like a twenty-year-old with a fifty-year-old, and they're like. It's okay. It's not weird. And you're lo- watching it, and you're like, no, it's weird. Ethan uh, is sorry. Or, I wouldn't date a 37 year old. <laughs> Ethan, out. Ethan, I'm Been sorry there, that I'm, I'm sorry that we tried to hear your thoughts on the movie, and you got interrupted with people. I got about age differences. I interrupted. I'm so sorry. No, you I call me fine. ageist. I don't care. I'm sorry. You were talking. Are you about an ageist? ageist? No, you were talking ageist? about the director. A new ageist? No. Stop. <laughs> Ethan, I, I did really appreciate this film. I'd wanted to watch it for a while. Looking back, I'm not sure why I didn't watch it in theaters. Um, you know what? I think I was out of the country, and it never came to the Dominican Republic. I think that's why I didn't watch it. Because yeah. um, I'm a big Fassbender fan. Same. So I'll pretty much watch anything that he makes, even if it's garbage. But <laughs> this was definitely the, not garbage. Even Hashtag Assassin's, Assassin's Creed. Creed. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag the snowman. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say it, True. but I think he's a great... Parkour. What? It revolutionized parkour. <laughs> oh my God. Parkour, 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 parkour. Hey, that director's really good though. Kurzel, sorry about the the mock. We like Macbeth a lot. That Macbeth was, good. but I yeah, I thought that movie was. I think I thought it balanced um, emotional like themes well with plot, so it wasn't necessarily hmm. all emotion or all plot. But as it's unfolding, every single turn is just packed with just an emotional punch. And I just, yeah, similar to you guys, I just felt the whole range of emotions yeah. watching this one. It's interesting because 
I would just I would almost describe the other lighthouse movie that that I've seen the lighthouse mm-hmm. as being like almost like very little plot a lot of emotion a lot of like visual um mastery um but you could almost watch that and be like what was this movie about <laughs> like what was the plot here um and you're right there was there was a really good balance in this movie about the emotional and and the plot um i would agree with and that and quite different from my favorite lighthouse movie Pete's Dragon from the <laughs> 70s uh Passamaquoddy Passamaditty Modda Passy uh sorry it's a great song I got you. Yeah, you well, got that, you got that, me, Andy Hardy. That music fell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flat. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pete's dragon. Here's here's a so we, uh, there's pr- like three I think main character maybe four main characters. So which which of the characters? So um, the man, his wife, the kid, mm-hmm. and then the kid's mom. Mm. Which of the four characters do you think had the hardest journey? Yeah, definitely the German. <laughs> the German? <laughs> he died. I think. <laughs> Even though he did. Are we in spoiler territory? Yeah, we are yeah, in spoiler no, territory. Snobby spoilies. You know what, Snobby? Since we get to spoilies, you get some kisses. Oh, man. Snobby, snobby, spoilie. We should get a, like, a thing to put in right before yeah, we like, do the like spoilies. I think your chicken is spoiled. I think the biological mom had okay. the hardest journey. Okay. One, she lost her husband and her uh, mm. Andy daughter. and I are definitely on the same page. Okay. Like, that is well, by th- far th- Okay, the number one. Journey. Yeah, she lost both her husband and her daughter. Then, oh, I find out my daughter's alive, but she's being kept from me. Then I finally get my daughter back, but she doesn't want to be near me at all. She, she doesn't want to be wants my her daughter. Real, she wants her real mom, quote unquote, real mom. Oh, and like, because it's been five years. And now she's Tragic. like, she has to make the hardest decis- decision right. out of love yeah. to give back. Oh Rachel uh, Weiss, <sighs> lovely, great performance. As Ricky said, Rachel the Wise. Rachel the Wise, we bow to Rachel. I think Andy wise. has a right. thought. Andy? I was going to say, and from that, she's the only character that arguably makes all the right decisions, too. Even yeah. though she suffers the most through it. Yeah. You're talking about being willing to give the daughter back. Then you're talking about forgiveness at the end, which is obviously honoring her husband and her husband's like. God, mm. some of her last what words, a great line man. at the end where she was like, um, what was it? You, you only, only have to forgive you only once. Have to forgive once. Yeah. Oh, God. God. Don't just start Yo-fo. crying on me, Eric. It's Yo-fo. so good. Yo-fo. <laughs> Go I'm ahead, sorry, Eric. Have I'm a good sorry. cry. <laughs> yeah, as Ricky said, uh, though, I must like, say, I did enjoy that a lot of you got also very emotional because I'm usually the most <laughs> <laughs> emotional of the group. So it was nice to share that with you guys. Can I, um, you were talking about the <laughs> most true. difficult journey. It's true. <clears throat> and I think, yeah, Rachel Weiss, she doesn't make a bad decision, so we, we feel a lot of pity there. Mm-hmm. And I want to argue two of the other ones just for sake. And I don't know yeah. if it's about hardest, but miscarriage is a difficult thing. Mm. And Ugh. it's something twice in movies that I've never seen represented very mm. well. Mm. And this has got the double whammy. And there's like the second time, it happens because they get, yeah, she has a miscarriage. It's terrible. So sad. And then there's, there's like a brief five minute period where they're so happy because they're pregnant again. Mm-hmm. They're full of joy again. And then she's playing the piano and you can just, there's a point where she's 
freaks out and then husband comforts her and then she Mm. knows it starts happening there's a look on her face that's just like i don't want this to happen again i can't believe this i'm gonna lose my daughter Mm. um at one point later she said she was so or maybe earlier she said she was embarrassed about it It it's just like so much yeah that goes into that um that i will never experience that just makes my heart hurt for her yeah especially the double Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was definitely a moment where she was um, she was on the hill where mm-hmm. they memorialized each miscarriage with a cross and a date, um, effectively burying that child um, on the hill. And she was just laying, after the second miscarriage, she was just laying there, feeling the grass, just like laying in the moment with the wind coming over her. And I couldn't help but feel in that moment her intense and deep sorrow and i felt in myself this was never said in the movie but i felt this in myself that how how does she ever have a have a third child Mm. surely in this moment when she has lost her second child she's thinking to herself i don't want to have a third child i don't want to try again and sure enough like i really think that like if the because after she lost her second child that's when the the, the german washed up on the sh- on the shore right. with, with the baby right and i don't think they would have tried a third time i think in that mm-hmm. moment she was deeply 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 depressed about the fact that she can't have children and like mm-hmm. how do i carry on and i don't yeah. and i don't think that she would have had a third child like she was just like Ugh, i don't i don't want to keep doing this anymore it is a lot i feel so yeah. heavily and right. that's where that's where the deep emotion of that that child washing up on the shore it's like cinematically perfect yes. because like it's just like in in the depth of her grief she's able to be like oh there's life there's a chance and it's just like, oh, God, it's so heavy. It's so, so, so heavy. It's something that's very common in life that I've never really seen in movies for how common in life it is. So, Derek, thank you. Yeah. And it almost feels in that moment for her, I imagine it felt like a godsend, like God's providence. Like, I can't have a baby, so he's bringing one to me. Like, right. I totally felt that. So I, right. I think that the the tension she feels of mm. do I give this baby up or not? I thought was, oh, it was just right. like I was tracking with her. It was too hard. Quick question. Um, so speaking of that, it's like a godsend, but she names the child Lucy, right. which gives the it's similar to luck, right? Sure. Kind of what it means. Did they have a very different idea of what she was compared to her real mother who called her Grace and mm. thought of her as a gift rather than a lucky lucky godsend? Mm. Right. Wow. Just mm. going to leave that hanging. That's Derek. all that's needed. Ugh. I see I you, Derek. We see you, <laughs> even though you didn't write the novel. But still, we see that you kept the names from the novel. <laughs> I think I felt so... Um, such a sorrow for the daughter mm. in the midst of it. Like she was really at the mercy of all these adults decision making. Yeah. Sorry, we're at the clubhouse and Dalton is moving into this apartment complex. A man we know, Dalton Phillips. 
And we can see him moving in I in the window. That's actually him? That's Dalton right there. Like, oh, man. I he's like one, random. He's like one story above us. Did you text him already? In. Yeah. Did you send him the video of you videoing him moving in? Uh, I was oh. It's oh, quick, okay. quick snobby interlude. <laughs> shout out Dalton Phillips. Okay. Get on the pod. All right, Ethan. Shout sorry. Out, shout out. Shout out. <laughs> Finish shout out. your so thought. Um, real quick, I uh, I actually searched, and Lucy actually means light, born at dawn. Light. Okay, I'm wrong. Interesting, and mm. I feel like plays off the title too. But sure. going off going off Godsend, that's something I found interesting. I was thinking on that, like, in a way, they choose you can call it luck, but they choose to play God in a way of mm. okay, we can cha- we can we can choose this baby. We can we can take it for our own. For me, one of the hardest but like subtle small moments in the film was actually when he's tearing up or trying to pull out the cross of the second oh, baby man. from the miscarriage yeah. and he's having a tough time. Like that scene lingered for a mm, split second, like a right. second or two too long. It lingered so long. And you're long, like, like, you by choosing yeah. to play God are erasing what you just said. Remember, mm. it's, I forget what the phrase was, but it was uh, never forget or remember forever. Always remember. Mm. Always, always remember. Always remember. Yep. Except for when I get the baby. pulling up other right. than when we can choose to make it in our own way mm. that has devastating consequences right throughout the rest of it so Ooh, right. yeah yeah hmm. ricky thoughts i mean <clears throat> i agree with all the things being said i think that's a great <laughs> great thought. ricky yeah. i so profound i I, per- I personally really struggled with the moment um when she comes to the house uh, when Rachel Weiss comes to the house and you just know she's coming to the house to tell this woman, my daughter loves you more than she loves me. Mm-hmm. She sees you as a mother more than she sees me as a mother. And I prayed to God that if he gives me my daughter back because she ran away and they found her, that I would do what was right for this child. And the scene after that, she goes to this woman and says, I'm doing right by my daughter and she needs to live with you and she's best. Yeah. God. It's so you can cry. So that was, that was hard. Get yourself oh, a cry. God, like Give yourself what, a big I think what I appreciate about emotional that. Intelligence, cry, the emotional cry. intelligence in that, in that scene yeah. for her to be like, this is what's best for my daughter. I need to put my pride down. Right. Like, what a sacrifice like mm. she's a she's a true mother in that moment mm-hmm. but she adds a caveat on top it's like but only if you testify against your husband right dostoevsky in moral dilemma Whoa. well i think in the, i think i i don't think i don't see it as spiteful i see it as she in that moment to her knowledge he is the dangerous one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's the one who made all of the wrong decisions. Right. And for her to be raised right, he needs to be out of the picture. And what I find so poetically just is that at the end of the movie, he is the only one in the picture. And he is mm. with Lucy in the end. Yeah. I don't think Vikander's a, a villain, though. I don't think that's what Eric's saying. No, no I'm no, not saying I, that. No, but it, no, I'm not saying like, that. Part of me wants to think, oh, well, Vikander's like a bad person then. But I, like, think, I think what she did was out of love, even if it was like this warped kind of selfish love, because she still truly loved Lucy. Lucy and I think it's complex for um, um, the the biological mother as well, because so when she finds out that mm. it was actually Vikander's character's plan, she still has that moment of like, the guy's like, well, they're, go- they're both going to go to jail now. She's like, do they need to go to jail? Right. To Have learn what they've learned? Like, Have she's they still willing to, 
forgive even when she knows the, the real truth. I'm like, wow, that yeah. really is profound. Yeah. I think from there, it's interesting, like Caleb coming on, there's no true villain in the film. Like they're all totally. suffering in their own way. What's fascinating too is like all of what they show, they all love Lucy Grace, the daughter, really mm. well. It's fascinating. Um, yeah. Just in my own time, I've been like fascinated by some counseling principle stuff. I've been reading on attachment and attunement theory. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating thinking on that with like, man, what would it be like for a child to go through their early years, their formative years, and have just fantastic parents that are forming really quality, loving relationships with them. And then to have another mother who honestly loves more authentically and, and more sacrificially, because mm-hmm. she's willing to even do what's best for the daughter by giving her up. But all of them, yeah, and it's just, it is, it's a, it's a profound moment at the end of the film where they're reconciling an extent because she's like Michael Fassbender in some way is her only father figure because her father died mm-hmm. before yeah. they even had right. a yeah. chance. So, right. yeah. Well, even, and even just the small, um, the, the, even the small gratitude that the grandfather gives her when they're riding on the horse and she's like, I like the name Lucy. And he's like, okay, how about we call you Lucy Grace? Because he calls her Grace, and she's like, "I like Lucy," and she's, he's like, "All right, let's call you Lucy Grace," and he and he and he meets her in the middle instead of like holding on to this like, you know, you are Grace. This is who you are. This is this is your your true self. Yeah, which is the one thing Rachel Vice's character is doing a little wrong, hmm. I think. What trying do you mean to, by that? Trying to force the daughter to be Grace. Well, she's sure. she's like, I'm already Lucy. Right. I, I will argue that that happened before this moment. Yeah, it did. So, right. so Rachel and he Weiss's was, he character... It. Grandpa helped correct it. That's what I'm saying. Later in the movie, the grandpa's like, okay, you you have an identity. Let's let's meld those two identities because you were Grace and you are known as Lucy. And so this is, this is who you're known as. And when she comes back to Fassbender's character in the 50s, that's her name. Her name is Lucy Grace. Mm-hmm. She she has melded those two pieces of her history together in her heart, and that's her identity. The Lucy between mm-hmm. oceans. And it's just the light <laughs> between oceans. The loose man. The loose. And that's her <laughs> name. Her name means light. That's great. That's um, so great. Oh, she's the light. Do you have a thought? Yeah. Well, I had a thought just based off um, Rachel Weiss's um, character, her being like a mom right when she gets Grace back, mm. like there is I think a difference between how she was parenting versus how she parented after she was with her grandpa and she woke up in the grass. Mm. There was just like kind of mm. a difference. I don't know if it was like at first she's like, I'm forcing you to be my daughter. Mm. And then now when she was like playing with her in the grass, she's like, I'm not going to force you to be my daughter, but I'm going to be your mom. Yeah. And so instead of mm. like trying to force something, she was just gonna like, I'm going to be here mm. and I'm not going to try to force anything. I felt that too. I mm. felt like she was like, a neutral presence in that in that in that moment where she was just kind of accepting these things coming across her she wasn't like hugging mm-hmm. her or showing over affection but she was just kind of taking in this stimuli that her daughter was giving her mm-hmm. yeah do you mind if i switch gears for a moment andy did you have a thing i was just gonna go off that and say yeah it felt like a moment of like discovery which i like, empathize with the like wanting to show to prove no i'm your true mother but there there's a freedom in simply loving well and discovering who her daughter is because recognizing her daughters lived a few years Mm -hmm. at that point without her. Right. So So this all started from the question, right, of who had the hardest journey. Is Mm -hmm. that the question? Um, I think (laughs) my heart hurts. I think those are all good options, but I think the real answer is um, there's a certain character that sees the like cross toy 
with the baby in the crib. Mm. And then he sees a wanted poster for information uh, with the little cross thing. And he has to think of the moral dilemma of making like $3,000 or, you know, letting the baby stay with the questionable situation we all know mm. once you make money you become a jerk and he's like do i make the money and become a jerk to do the right thing well yeah. i i think on that <laughs> i think on that vein like i mean we can we can t- we can talk about everybody's moral dilemmas because fastbender had serious mm. serious moments oh. where he was questioning his entire character his entire moral structure as a military man he he's like i i i have orders i need to do these things and he sacrificed these things for love and there were multiple moments where he decided okay this isn't this is what i'm gonna do and months would go by and then he would come across another moral dilemma and then decide to go against it but he you the the movie showed his struggle the movie showed like there was one one decision I can't remember in particular that he struggled for days, like just days he sat with this, and you know that his like his stomach was churning and he was feeling ill about just like rejecting his true nature and 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 what he right. should actually do. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that that was a massive massive uh, toll that that yeah. that he took. Fastbender had it easy, man. I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Okay, what? like what? All he has to do is watch yeah. a dumb lighthouse, and then what? like a baby yeah. shows up. Whatever, dude. He's like, yeah, yeah he's got to tell him about easy. the baby. <laughs> no, give me that mic. That's bull. <laughs> bull crap. Okay, man. going off um what you were saying too earlier. So like Lucy Grace is not the only light between the oceans. When I'm earlier when I'm referencing that, like yeah. I feel like it's a metaphor. I could symbolize other things. Michael Fassbender, to me, also represents the light between the oceans. And I think they're showing that in like, he's hesitant. He doesn't want to fall in love. Right. He's like, I can't, my shadow is going to overbear yours, like your eagerness for life. Mm-hmm. And then it's actually her choices later on. Like he makes all, well, I mean, he goes along with some of it, but he's, he's striving. He's the one that's struggling with the consequences and recognizing them of poor yeah, choices. He's taking the weight of it. Right. And as you pointed out, Eric, at the end, he's the one though, that's present. And that reconciles in a way or that still gets to be in the life of Lucy yeah. Grace at the end of the film. And so that way, he's caught between heaviness before the story with the war that we don't know about and heaviness through it, through the poor right. decisions. And he's, I think, in that way, too, he is the lighthouse caught between the tension of wanting to be there for his wife and oh, her wow. grief. And I think that's, that's what I really appreciate about his character is because I feel like the women, I think, like the Canner's character doesn't really even love the child initially. She loves what, she loves what the child provides. Her love so is she's, selfish. She's, yeah. not a, she's, not, she's really in it for herself in the beginning. The child immediately filled a gap. Right. Like right after and she was And I think when, when Rachel Weiss's character gets a kid back, it's almost like, my life is back. And I'm, I have to make this, this is about me. I think they both had their journey of being committed more to the kid than, than themselves. And even Fassbender, even though they made the like a morally wrong decision, I think it was still coming from a place of like, my wife is in such pain, I just can't bear to take this from her right now, mm-hmm. even though it was wrong. So it mm-hmm. seemed like he was somehow able to um, not think so, so, so much about himself and what he can gain, and even takes the, the penalty <laughs> of like, I'm gonna, it was my fault, I made the decision, mm-hmm. you just, and it's just like, ah, oh, man. Mm-hmm. He was, man. 
I was he did so good. Ricky's yeah. Ricky's on his phone right now and uh he's he's got a contact and his contact says my boy Derek. Um Ricky, do you know Derek Sanfrance? No. So I've been a little bit quiet cuz honestly I am friends with Derek and <gasps> I I know a lot about this film cuz we've talked about it, but um I was thinking maybe we could get him on the call. Yeah, call him up. Okay. Call okay. Derek. <laughs> That's <laughs> not true. No, it's 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 for real. It's Derek. It's, it's, it's Ricky's boy, You just Derek. edited that contact. I, Remember the no Disney way. Channel show, My Life with Derek? <laughs> my Life with Derek? I never heard that. Hello, this is Derek. Hey, Derek. What's up, my boy? Um, hey, I know we were talking about the, you know, your movie, which is just a masterpiece. Um, we're actually doing a podcast about it, and I got all my friends here, and we're, we were chatting. And um, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we love your work, and we were just chatting. We we thought that maybe like uh, the child is the light between the oceans, and Michael Fassbender. What do you, what do you think about that? You think that's a good theory? Is that your kind of your message? Uh, uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I think you know, oceans. It's just it's the idea of vastness, and you're talking about that trauma, and you're talking about grief and pain, and these things that are. I mean, to the person experiencing it, it is an ocean of emotion, right? Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. You have this child who suddenly pulls together the grief of a woman who's lost her husband and her daughter. This other woman who's lost her child. This man who's experienced the horrors of war, and they all come together. Uh, and and the, the child is the glue that holds the whole story together. So I do think it is probably more the child, but... But I do think that she, in her own way, makes uh, makes you know Michael's character a uh, you know makes him the, the light as well between the oceans. Wow, thanks, Derek. Yeah, thank you so hey, much. Hey, hey, hey! Just a follow-up <laughs> question: What's your last name? Did you hear uh, that, Derek? Oh, he, yeah. Sorry, we've been pronouncing incorrectly. It's Jean France. Yeah, that's uh, how have you been saying it? We've been saying "See ya, France." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, see, the weird thing is, is that's also how Alicia Vikander said it the whole time we were on set. <laughs> that? That's so fascinating. Who are you talking to? Damn. Who is boy it? Derek. Boy, this is Boy Derek. Oh, Alicia. Very method. <laughs> Honestly, all of them were. It was a huge pain. Uh, what? That's... But, uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, she, for some reason, that was a character decision that she made, but then that meant that she was doing it when we weren't rolling as well. <laughs> Wow. Just calling you Mr. Mr. Uh, see you, France. And, uh, and every time she'd wave goodbye as well, so I don't know what was the, what was the deal there. That's wild. Well, hey, Derek, we don't want to take you know, any more of your time this, this, this uh, you know, cold evening here in Colorado. Uh, but, hey, we really appreciate your time, and you know, hopefully we'll catch you again another time. So we appreciate it. Thanks, Derek. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. And, uh, Ricky, just let me know if you... Uh, you want to grab lunch anytime? I'll, I'll be in Colorado soon. Uh, just let me know. Sweet. Yeah, we'll do, man. Thanks. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> wow. What the, the hell was that, Ricky? That was Derek. That was, Derek. That was not I mean, Derek. That, no, that was him. That That's was a person Derek. named Derek. I'll it give was. you that. It was a person <laughs> no, whose name him. is Derek. Okay, you edited that on your phone, and you no. uh, told you you. Uh, <laughs> you heard it here first. He he knew the ins and outs of this film. So unreal. He said, "I hey, think you should feel pretty good about yourself, there, Andy." Um, sounds like you had it right on the nail. I'm used to it. Yeah. 
Who says I think? Who, Who says I think about critiques on their own movie? I think. Hey, Derek. Derek's a. He's not a, a self-indulgent guy. He doesn't want to talk about his movie. He wants Good to talk Lord. about someone else's movie on the pod sometime in the future. So, yeah, Derek, I'm not, I'm not sure we're keeping that in the episode, but <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Don't. Don't disrespect Derek. I got a question for you guys. Well, should I have a question or should I have a statement? Go ahead. Statement. Um, well, Derek says all his movies are about family in some form or other. That's like his main topic. And I picked up on a main theme in this film, which I believe is uh, forgiveness. Yes. And I want you guys to talk about where you saw forgiveness most shown. Because it's what a wonderful thing to see a movie where it's not good and bad and someone has to do something good to defeat the evil, which sometimes is great, but where every main character at one point was able to forgive someone else in a real true way and not just in some fake way. And then because of their forgiveness, another character was enabled to flourish in their life. I was surprised when Lucy Grace came back. Mm. At the end, mm. I think she has every right to be jaded and mm. messed up. Totally, but that was true to her name—just an act of grace to like come right. back to Michael's character and show him her son Christopher. And like, I I think that was that was an act of forgiveness. Um, I don't know if that's the greatest one, but I I thought that was um, interesting and unexpected. Mm. I mean. I've already said my favorite act of forgiveness. I, I I see a handful of acts of forgiveness, but my favorite is obviously Weiss coming to <sighs> forgive all of the transgressions and all of the wrongdoings and offer the mother a chance to take her daughter, her actual blood daughter, and raise her, her own daughter and just be like, look, I understand that you're the right one who can raise my daughter. And I mean, in that moment, I'm not sure she physically said, for, I forgive you, but it was an act of forgiveness. Nice. And especially after the fact, when she forgave her, you know, when she was, you know, facing incarceration, you know, she she forgave her then as well. But yeah. Ethan Hasso? This is maybe not, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I think the grandpa oh wow has um, i just think thinking in the context of the the story when he finds out i'm like i'm just trying to imagine what he thinks when his own daughter hmm. gets wrong this way kid gets kidnapped gets some in some ways tortured by the 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 note that gets left and then the the rattle that comes in the mail yeah you mentioned that that, that was like torture like, for the mother i just wonder what the grandpa was thinking like, if yeah. anyone could be angry as an outsider, it could t totally have been him. Mm. But he has that sweet moment with her on the horse mm. where he's not taking away what they did. Like, they've raised you. They called you that. But you're, you, you were also named Grace. And, so he was, about, and he was upset about his daughter yeah. marrying the German. Right. So he was. But just the way that he's able to carry the tension so well for this kid and cast some vision, like, you can be both. He did not have to do that. No. He, he could have planted seeds of resentment and bitterness towards the people who kidnapped her, but he doesn't do that. And and being an Englishman, he could have he could have been like, This this is a German like born 
child like the and and you're right in in the movie you know he said if you marry this this man you're not getting my blessing and you're not getting my money (laughs) and and you could feel the hatred that he had for this man Mm -hmm. but he treats this child with such grace and just sensitivity and just like you are a child who knows nothing of the history that you came from this is not your fault sir bickness do you have some forgiveness um i think we hit a lot of the good ones um but uh, i think isabel also i think she forgives her husband there at the end and i think that's it's a big big she comes around finally i kind of was pissed at her for a while as i think probably everyone was but Mm -hmm. no i think she forgives her husband at the boat yeah at the boat real quick what I, I, yes, it's yeah. a, it's a complicated thing because in her mind she's thinking, you're doing what's you doing this is betraying what's best for this child because we've already raised her like we already made the decision it may have been wrong but at this point we shouldn't do this and so she's so angry and bitter towards mm-hmm. her husband even if he didn't do something wrong right in her heart she had to forgive him right in order to really to save him mm. so more of like an internal. Mm-hmm. Type thing. Yeah, okay. like not harboring bitterness anymore towards her husband for right. the action he made. Right. Even though I believe he did the right thing, it took her a totally. while to come around to that. Right. 100%. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes I, sense. I think at one point she even says, like, I'll never forgive that man. Right. And she so does. She does say no, that. She does right. say that. Because yeah. she thinks, like, not only, yeah, not only does she think it's not best for her daughter, but she also feels like I'm losing my daughter. And this has been, like, our whole relationship has been around, I've already lost two kids to miscarriages. Mm-hmm. And you helped and we're raising this child that we love and now you're tearing it away from me is what she's feeling. But also maybe this is like a little far out there. Maybe not. But I also feel like Michael Fassbender's character also is forgiving the Germans in the war in a way. Mm -hmm. And I don't, they don't explicitly state that, but the fact that it's a German man that washes up with a baby and then his wife immediately, you're saying it feels a need, it feels a need for her. But this is in that way, like he's scarred from the war clearly, even though they don't talk about the details of that. Mm. And so I just wonder what's going on there for him to fall in love with this child who's half German and to father her and all those things. I mm. think there's a subtle act of forgiveness in, in the war aspect of that, too. What I love about Fassbender's mm. character mm. is, you know, he was talked into the act of keeping the baby by his daughter. It wasn't his initial reaction. His and wife. His, or yeah, his wife. He was talked into it by his wife, not his daughter, who was only a baby and could cry. <laughs> um but he's the he goes beyond forgiveness by um when he decides to give Rachel advice i really think he's he didn't he didn't have the courage to tell her in person which is why he sent her that little rattle cuz he knew they would get found out so that was him doing the right thing and making sure that the daughter goes back to his mother he doesn't just forgive he takes on the sins of his wife mm-hmm. and in an act of not wanting her to suffer, he instead says, I'm going to take yeah, the fought. punishment for all the crimes right. that you take, yeah. which is a more radical act of forgiveness, I mm-hmm. think, than maybe all the other ones. And he doesn't even bat an eye while he does it. No. Which right. it, he's just such a good man. He's like, yeah, I messed up. I take responsibility for this. I'm the leader here. And uh, even though my wife was in the wrong too, I'm going to take on her punishment as well. No, he's a, he's a man of principle. He knows man. how to fall on a sword. You know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And 
he's just so sweet with his wife too. Like when the, when the piano gets to like even a smaller yeah. act of like a smaller act of forgiveness that comes earlier. Mm. Like she's ticked at him and pushes him. She's like, "You brought a doctor. I told you I didn't want a doctor." And he like doesn't say anything. Because she was embarrassed about her. He doesn't like call her out saying, "I didn't get you a doctor. I got someone to tune the piano." He just lets the guy come and tune the piano and lets her see it, and then doesn't say, "I told you so." Right. No. Doesn't scold her. He just like is happy when she sees what he was trying to do. Mm. It's yeah. like ah. Yeah, can we talk about the love story at the first yeah, half? Yeah, let's talk about this is feeling lonely. Cuz this is a love uh series kind of feeling lonely. It's a love it's story. Valen- it's the day after Valentine's two- yeah, yeah the mm. day after Valentine's Day. Feb 15, you know 15. what I mean? Can we talk about the love story? Let's is talk that, about the love story. Unless beautiful. Ethan you had a uh, Who's beautiful? No, go for it. Totally. Ethan's not moved by romance. I what have a I video mean? of Ethan saying I'm r- romance doesn't if move. This me. don't move you. I don't know what will. <laughs> um Oh, what a love story. <laughs> Up until, you know, the whole, like, pseudo-kidnapping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kidnapping out of love, though. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just like, uh, let's get Derek back on the phone to, to verify that. <laughs> no. They're just so sweet with each other and so yeah. tender, and he's so, like, soft-spoken and mm-hmm. just, like, they love each other so well. And, oh, it just, the whole, all the montages. Yeah. Um, and... Even like you know, sometimes sex scenes can be a little like crass and gross, but uh, I think this this was very tasteful and like it was very like loving. Yeah, and, like it wasn't like you know, oh let's get raunchy with it. No, um, there was no there was no outright the nudity. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, there was no outright nudity, and and there was there was a scene where um, he was kissing her belly, as signifying that they that she was. That she was with child and he was just loving on the child and it was just like yeah it was just very tender and very beautiful and very kind of sincere and yeah you're right they could have they could have gone you know the the route where you know m- more was seen but it was it was more that could was have gone on um, the antichrist route but uh, oh, yikes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> sorry lars yikes uh, no, I agree with you. I think it was very tender, and and they're very they're very opposite in nature as well. Like he's he he says very little, and she is very bold and very brash and very kind of you know more she like belongs in the trash. <laughs> I mean, like kinda, she asked him out, kind of like you, kind of like you and Jordan. Didn't she ask you out first? Didn't she proposed Jordan to herself in some ways? Did Jordan uh, ask you out first? You. Eric? Uh, Jordan did make the first move. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. No. No. I, I. I. agree. I think it's a very similar dynamic, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Although she didn't ask me to marry her, so. Or to steal a baby for her. Yeah. No. No. That didn't happen. That was uh, Andy's uh, yeah. past. Yeah. That was both my life story and my true dream, <laughs> all in one. <laughs> That's disturbing. We need to talk <laughs> later. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I think it was very beautiful. Also, do you have any more questions or thoughts for us? This was your pick, after all. Yeah, um, I don't think so. I think that was, um, yeah, I've really enjoyed this discussion. Are we, I, do, are we doing the great. film snob, uh, which character are you? Or? I was thinking either we do that or we talk about the craft, because we haven't talked about like how good the cinematography is or Desplat's score. The or craft, the score. Whoever did... Lo- like the lighting. location scouting was on it. Yeah, the location scouting was good. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the craft. Well, there was something about in the, just in the cinematography, like 
the lighting was just beautiful and a lot of shots mm. through windows with a lot of diffused lighting that it looked mm. so good and there's something there um i think they're trying to break the record for the most sunsets in a movie really <laughs> huh. i mean it was beautiful it was no there they was, were great there was a lot of really really just beautiful nature scenes uh island Na- uh, like the actual landscape of the island, um, it was it was fantastic. You get a lot beautiful. of those anamorphic lens flares. Oh, beautiful! Do you see those? <laughs> yeah. The sheer amount of beautiful photo or photos, shots, whatever. Um, there were so many. Do we do we know what this was uh, shot on? I do not. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was digital. It was an digital. iPhone six. <laughs> Sorry, it was shot on digital. Um, oh, okay. Panavision and I believe Ari. Oh, okay. He would have. He would have gone film if he got the budget, but he you keep, know, keep Kodak in business. He did really good with the digital. He what was is given. what is what is film add? If they had a twenty million dollar budget, what would they have needed for for film? Like how much? How expensive? They could have, they could have done it, but uh, it's possible they didn't have a, like a shot list or storyboard. And so usually you shoot film when you have everything planned out. That way you you know don't go over budget. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't know the intricacies of like how much film actually adds to your budget. Um, but someone on YouTube once did the math and it actually comes out to sometimes be cheaper as long as you know exactly what you're going to shoot. Oh, that's okay. Good. That's quick math. As long as you're economical with your shots. Yeah, Derek likes mm. his improvisational style. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think Andy mentioned it earlier but the sound design I thought was mm. you just feel sometimes the chaos. God, the, of the storm, the storm scene and the wind when and she's the going waves. when she's going up to the lighthouse. I mean, and the wind is pelting her, yeah. And it's just like I, I tensed. I was tensing up because you actually feel what she is feeling. Like, yeah, that's that's kind of what right. I was. Well, I was going to go off the the sunset and too with the more peaceful moments. Also, sometimes the music swells in there, and it gives you, I think, brief moments to feel. Uh, like in between some of the just intense emotions of of joy again and then reconciliation and then just devastation and then it would it would write it would correspond with just a beautiful scene and just the rise in the music Mm. that that's intentional right the craft of it to 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 appreciate that moment yeah well and i think on the sound design part i think it it allowed itself to linger on just like the natural beauty of like like i think we do that a lot with shots but like yeah like just the ambient noise of birds chirping and the wind blowing in the ocean all those little pieces i think adds to the whole mm-hmm. deeper picture mm-hmm. and now let's get back to the the age-old question you know if you were a character in this film which one would you be so ethan since you hosted um i want you to assign each of us a character <laughs> and you know while we're at it i'm you know who i'm going to assign to you who's that um i <laughs> you didn't have a character, did you? I think I have one ready. Uh, well, I, I, I think don't feel like this is a film where I think we need to do that. Really? I really think Scratch that. that. Scratch that. Bad I, idea. I was really excited. Scratch that. Because, guys, I, I, this is kind of the first time I'm telling friends about this, but um, sorry. Um, when I was six <laughs> months old, I washed up onto shore did one time. You? Yeah. And this, <laughs> this couple um, took me into their home and... No, kind of raised me. No, no, that was, I was five, and 
It's so this story is kind of a little bit about me. No, no, oh, that was wow. that was me. It was he- yeah. My last name Klaffenstein means knocking stone yeah. because they found a child washed up on the beach <laughs> knocking stones together. And I'm not making that up. That's the legend of Klaffenstein. Guys, my 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 legal the- name is Eric Peter Grace. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> I wow. think we're entering. It. Do you think all babies come from washing up on a shore? From that's what my parents told me. Yeah, <laughs> I heard it was. I heard it was from like store. Like some kind of bird? Yeah. The crane. Cranes. Yeah. No, construction cranes. Oh. Like that's why that's why they like That's why they're in cities. Yeah. Looking for babies. Hooping crane. Well Uh, I guess you're right, Ethan. This yeah, this isn't the type I guess where you would I'm I'm receiving a call. Thanks for Is it Derek? No. Oh you don't know Derek like Ricky does. There's a notification telling me to take out the trash. You go way back. No, I think I think Ethan's right. I think (laughs) this isn't maybe the right movie to assign characters for. Mm -hmm. Yo, Derek, if you're listening, we want you on the pod. Well thanks for Colorado boys. Thanks for your thoughts, guys. Thanks Mm -hmm. for listening, everybody. This was a great episode. It was good. It's a really good movie. Really good movie. Standing ovation. Standing ovation. Caleb is standing up and clapping. Um, (laughs) Derek, that's all right. Jared, you have the last uh, pick. Yeah. What what are you going with? Well, guys, our hearts our hearts been through the ringer a few times, and you know what? My heart was through the ringer yesterday because it was Valentine's Day, Mm -hmm. and we were hit with a massive snowstorm, Mm. and I couldn't drive up to Denver to (laughs) see. Oh no. See my girl, uh, and you know what her favorite movie is? What? It's Pride and Prejudice. <gasps> we're no. watching Pride and Prejudice. You are not. So we're watching. Are you serious? Joe Wright's 2005 version, the best version of Pride and Prejudice. Okay. We've we need to end wow. with something a little lighter. We've been we've been all over the place. We've been heavy. Our heart this hurts, and we need a we need a bit of an uplift. And I think Pride and Prejudice is gonna do it for us. Wait, I wait, think wait. you're right. Wait, wait. I is think that you're is right. that the Keira Knightley version? Yeah, yeah, that's the Keira Knightley version. That. It's the best one. All right. Sorry, Colin Everybody Firth. Better. Get on. Kira Knightley and Matthew McFadden's <laughs> level. I was about to say, usually people say the, the miniseries version is the yeah, best. Yeah, and they're wrong. <laughs> the mini version sucks. Same thing Sweet. with Anne without an E. And without an E? And without and without and without an E. I haven't actually seen it. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna right, finish anyway, on, on the populist level. Let's cool. wrap this up. Cool. Wow. All right. Later guys. <laughs> See you next Shout week. out uh, Jake Arrieta just signed a year contract with the Cubs. That's exciting. He's back with Chicago. Are you just shout out Tom Brady? Now? We're gonna what have Jake do? Arrieta back, dude. You, no, but what? What? I, I you give him shout that, outs. Like, um, shout out, out Derek. Shout out Tom Brady because he got his seventh shout Super Bowl. Shout out TB and TB. Go 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 go. TB twelve. Tampa Bay Shout out, shout out to fake Derek, by the way. That was real Derek. That was not real Derek. That's really rude. I want to know who that actually was. That was Derek. You want me to get him back on the phone? You can tell this. To his face. No. Well, face you, time him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You have him under your contacts as your boy Derek. No. My boy Derek. <laughs> Guys, I have to put on my swimming trunks because there's a hot Same. tub right outside this room. Same. Shout out Bye. to Kid Bye. Chimp. Look out Thanks, for the guys. new one house party in space. Coming to speakers near you. Goofy Goo. Give Goofy us a five goo. star review goo. on Apple and we'll read it on the pod. Derek, we want you on the pod. Hit us up. Who was that? Who was Who not was Derek? It? There's no way. Who was it?